podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. Welcome to Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony and Glenn, and holy shit, uh, it's finally here. Uh, The sixth season of Saul has finally arrived. Uh, Jesus. Uh, This is the final season, correct? I believe this is the final season. It's split into two parts over 13 episodes. Um, okay, it's scheduled to end sometime in August, mid-August is when the season is, is scheduled to end. We're going to take a break around May and come back in July. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not ready. See, At least no. it's not that long of a break. That's uh, pretty quick. Um, season five ended in, I, oof, Season five ended in on April 20th, 2020. It has been two years since we've had Saul on television. Part of that is because of COVID delays during the pandemic. And part of that was Bob Odenkirk suffering a heart attack, I think, uh, so seems good now. Everything sounds like he's doing well. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was back. He was back filming in September, uh, last September. So, uh, he, I think it happened late July and was back in early On September. Set. So, yep. 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 Um, so that's all of that stuff is crazy. Uh, but the show is finally back and I, couldn't be more excited and they started us with two episodes so we're going to be talking about episodes one and two and it was a classic vince gilligan setup and payoff uh one two punch and i can't wait to dive in so let's start with season six episode one wine and roses in a flash forward we see the police seize saul's belongings in color color. first time in color uh, they see Saul's belongings from the extravagant home he earned, uh, he owned during the events of Breaking Bad. In the present, we catch up with Nacho. He's fleeing from Lalo Salamanca's compound and takes refuge in a motel set up for him by Gus Fring's men. He unsuccessfully attempts to reach Mike, who tells Gus that Nacho deserves his respect. Juan Bolsa calls Gus to report that a bounty has been placed on Nacho. Meanwhile, Jimmy and Kim discuss plans to acquire a better car and office for the former Saul Goodman persona. 
Jimmy decides to take up Kim's plan to ruin Howard Hamlin and sneaks a bag of baby powder resembling cocaine into Howard's locker at the country club where he and Clifford Maine play golf. Meanwhile, Lalo Salamanca murders a couple living on his compound, uses the husband's body as a decoy for his own at the site of the massacre, and then calls Hector to inform him that he is alive and that he believes Gus Fring is responsible for the attack. Hector advises him to find proof. Lalo, realizing where he can find the evidence, decides to stay in Mexico. So, Glenn, what did you think of episode one? Oh, man, I was just like putting on a warm blanket with a cup of hot cocoa. Right. Just just felt right back at home. Yeah. Like Um, he didn't miss a step or anything. Uh, No. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I I have lots to say as well, but. Uh, But like you, gosh, I I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. Um, The opening part, it was it threw me for a second, right? Because it's in color. Yeah. And I'm like. Okay, did they jump forward with Howard, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting... But, of course, you're seeing the suits, and you're like, yeah, there's no way. This has got to be Saul stuff. But, yep. it's, again, I was so thrown that it's in color. I'm like, it really is, but why is this in color? Why is this mm-hmm. in color? We've never seen this, in, you know. Right. Um, so, that I, I guess because he wasn't in the scene, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, just I don't know all the stuff with Nacho. I think Michael Mando is—he's such an—I I don't know why this guy isn't in more things. He's uh, great. I mean, he is—he is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everyone in this show is good, which we've yep. said a bazillion times. But like, yep, the, these first two episodes, my biggest takeaway is like this guy is really something special, and I—I mm-hmm. I don't know why he hasn't shown up in more things and more prominent roles. Right. Uh, it really hit me this episode that, holy shit, Lalo Salamanca is Jack Duquesne from Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't watched Hawkeye, but yeah, I know he's in it. Uh, and he's tremendous in that show, for the record. He's he's great there as well. Yeah, I would imagine so. He's a, pretty good. He's a very different character, but uh, tremendous. Uh, and, and he was great here. So he's not like horrifying like he is in this show? <laughs> no, no. Uh, he's, he, he comes off as, uh, suspicious at first, but then he's just a lot of fun. Uh, he's, he's great. Um, but, uh, that being said, uh, I had almost forgot that Kim Wexler was sort of, she decided to go all in on this whole Jimmy turning into Saul thing. And I was reminded very quickly because she's talking about, you know, we gotta we gotta do stuff to like really, you know, bump up this this persona that you're playing. Like you've got to drive a nicer car, you've got to have a really nice office, all American stuff. made. Right, American made. You gotta yeah, you gotta brand it. Like she's really going in heavy, and I'd I had forgotten, but uh lest I make that mistake ever again after the second episode of the season, uh just <laughs> Kim Wexler for life. Holy shit. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I'd, I mean, I'm just gonna say this now to avoid saying it later, but they've got to have an amazing payoff for her. I, at this point, I don't want to see her get killed. I, I just, I can't. Something, something else has to be revealed or something. She is too good a character for them to just kill off. But we said he's like, I don't want Nacho to die. I mean, this guy is right? going through, the, going through the ring. I mean. 
it's things Mike says. And right. I, I, with this being a two-parter episode, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I know I might mentally jump around a little bit right. with the Nacho thing, but like, you know, he's done everything that Gus has asked of him. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, held his composure and everything <laughs> that he can do. Yeah. Um, and just doing what he can to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just man, kudos, kudos to that guy because. Yeah, man, shit is shit I mean, is rough. The problem is obviously this is the Breaking Bad problem as well. They had a bunch of great characters that you didn't want to yeah. see any of them die, and almost all of them died by the end of that show. So uh, that doesn't give and, me a but, lot of hope. Uh, yeah, but we know at least three make it, right? I mean, we yes. know Gus, Jesse, Mike, and Saul yeah. make it. Yeah, and Jesse and Walter—they're going to show up at yeah. some time, mm-hmm. sometime in this season. We're going to see them. Uh, right. I'm it's been confirmed. He said it. I just that that Kim character is so amazing. I will talk about it more in the next episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's they're all. I mean, yeah, she's so good. And just I I had the that, way their relationship is like it's mm-hmm. just such a good demonstration of true partnership. Yep. I uh, it's all yeah it's fantastic and that warm blanket feeling you're talking about the just what whatever eating eating your favorite comfort food uh, on a on a cold winter day whatever that feeling is for you for me that happened in this episode just with the way that they frame shots uh, the way yeah, Vince Gilligan yeah. frames his shots or uh, this was directed by Michael Morris um, but. Uh, Vince directed the second episode, but like, yeah, you know, his fingerprints are all over this. Uh, the way that they focus on thing, the things that they choose to focus on, uh, it, it it feels like there's no wasted camera motion. There's no wasted shots. There's like, it feels like everything is, it, it's something of importance. It's telling some tiny detail, even if it's um, like focusing on, Kim carrying that uh, the bullet hole ridden uh, thermos or whatever, the way that they focus on her carrying it. And then she decides to walk over and and throw it into the garbage. Like all those things sort of just give you a mindset of the character. And yeah, it's just master to me. This is always masterclass filmmaking or TV show making, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's just, yeah, this is, I mean, we're going to keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it, Glenn. We've been a broken record for, I don't know, at this point, at least five of the six years that this show has been on. But uh, this is one of, if not the best shows on television uh, in a very, very long time. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it continues to be amazing. So, yeah, I. Uh, we, didn't even, we haven't delved into the best part of this episode. Though. Okay, go go ahead. Your 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 favorite your favoriteest part uh, the the cocaine bit i mean <laughs> i mean it's not as simple as he goes into this no, place the... and plants cocaine in his locker it is oh no 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 you're right gilligan way it is when vince this is like vince gilligan comedy to a t right Just yes the... he goes into this country club under the guise of getting a tour until yeah. one of the guys that he helped screw over in a, the guy runs the bank, Kevin. Right. And he used his influence as a club member to essentially get Jimmy kicked out of there. Although he's using the name Saul Goodman and he starts putting like on the fly because this is what Saul is best at. 
he starts putting his defense together that yeah. oh this yeah. is anti-semitism i i get it all when you heard my when you heard my name that's when problems started coming up and the dude is we getting have mad. no we have we have plenty of jewish members oh we have oh so you meet jewish. your quota <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when that guy gets mad at him, he's like, "It always comes down to violence." Go ahead, five thousand years. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And uh, eventually, he just gets this guy. He's like, "I'm, I'm all worked up." I don't remember what he said. Is acid reflux or something? I don't remember. Um, but he's like, "Can I use? Can I use a, a bathroom?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." The, the 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 men's locker room is right over there. And he's like, "And I'm allowed to go in there." Uh, continuing to play up yeah. on his anger, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, of As course." As they've you had are. to remove Kevin from the yes, supremacists, of, of course, and uh, <laughs> perfect. And uh, yeah, he he goes in there, and while he's trying to, uh, Kim is on the lookout for, yep. uh, uh, for gosh, what is, what is his name? Uh, Howard, Howard, it's Howard and, and Cliff Cliff. Clifford, and she's like, "They're on their way back. You got to get out of there." And it's too late, so he decides to just get undressed. No, no, no. Yep. He notices that there is an attendant mm-hmm. that's uh, at the station. Yep. Which has the clipboard with yes. the names of the lockers that are registered. Yes. So he cl- he'd sure as shit make no pun intended. Make sure that that toilet gets clogged. Yes. Because it uh, it isn't just that he puts some toilet paper just enough. I mean that thing is. <laughs> brimming of toilet paper before he even thinks about flushing yeah. and then he just goes to the guy like hey i'm sorry I, it wasn't me but like it's just like oh no sure i'll take care of it <laughs> and it's like he, he can't go get the mop bucket i wish they would have done a bit of like what the f-? like right because it wasn't just that it was fl- ridiculous it was amounts overflowing. like teenager prank levels yeah. of like jackass oh, the movie gosh. levels of toilet paper yeah um <laughs> But yeah, and then he uh, he gets caught in the locker room with Howard and and Cliff. So he has to uh, get naked and put a towel over his head, pretend like he's drying off from a from a shower or something, and listens as Clifford notices the planted bag of baby powder, but suspiciously looking like cocaine falling from. Like it's so involved, and then the payoff to it in the next episode. I mean, we haven't even seen the full payoff yet, but the payoff to all of this setup in the next episode is is even better. So, uh, final thoughts on episode one, Glenn, and what would you give it? Uh, I give it, I don't know, like a four and a half or yeah. three quarters. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I have is like, they, with this being a, a, and this more so in the other one is the next episode is when we've talked about it before is. The fact that this is a prequel, so we kind of know where things end. Yes. But, you know, we don't know everyone's ending. And nope. so, but uh, specifically with Gus, I know we've, I've mentioned it and I know you've talked about it as well, mm-hmm. is we're seeing different layers to these people that help shape what we saw of them in Breaking Bad. Yes. You know, that we didn't know then, but now we do know. Mm-hmm. So the thing with like Gus is like, he is willing to protect Nacho to a certain point. He does respect him, but at the end, it is his own self-interest right. that he is after. But he is willing to extend it as far as he can because, you know, with Nacho, right? It's they're gonna get um, if Nacho is caught in squeals, like you know, jig is up. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I can't remember in this episode, does Lalo 
Does he kill that guy in this episode? Or is it the second one? I think it's this one. Whenever He's... he kills the guy, he goes to the house and kills mm-hmm. the guy. He makes him shave. Oh, that might be the second episode. Okay, I can't remember. If yeah. The Because, again, I mean, literally watching these back to back. It's yep. just kind of. Same here. Uh, it all it all felt like a movie to me. <laughs> yeah, well, so, they tied so well together. Yes, um, I can't remember thing. if it was this episode or next episode. Mm-hmm. El Camino. That uh, was in cafe, this episode. Yeah, yep. yep, that was a nice little nod. Yep, loved it. Um, yeah, I gave this a four and a half too. I'm I'm tempering it a little bit. I was very yeah. I was yeah. leaning four and three quarters right out of the gate, and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's just let's just wait and see how it plays out, and then it just. It all got fucked up for me after episode two, Glenn. Uh, so uh, I, I couldn't wait anymore. So season six, episode two, Carrot and Stick. Gus's men break into Nacho's safe uh, and in his apartment. And Mike removes the cash and Nacho and Manuel's fake Canadian IDs. Victor delivers a new safe into which Mike places the cash, the fake ID, and an envelope. Gus views crime scene photos from Lalo's house, but is not convinced of Lalo's death. Okay, so he did kill him in the first one. Yes, yes. That's okay. right, yes. Um, and then place we'll the talk body. About in this one, yeah. that's fine. Uh, Jimmy meets with the Kettlemans uh, <laughs> at their shady tax preparation services and cons them into believing that they have grounds for a lawsuit against Howard stating that Jimmy has it on good authority that he was impaired on, you know, the cocaine, the Kettleman's meet with cliff Maine and ask to sue Howard for ineffective counsel because of supposed cocaine use during Craig's case. But cliff refuses Gus and Juan promise to avenge Lalo's death. But Hector Salamanca's facial expression convinces Gus that Lalo Salamanca is still alive. Juan breaks into the replacement safe and discovers the motel phone number and details for a Cayman Islands bank account. The cousins search the motel for Nacho, but he escapes. Mike, Gus, and Tyrus have a standoff because Mike wants to lead a team to find Nacho, but Gus wants to force him to reveal his location by taking Manuel hostage. Kim and Jimmy then coerce the Kettlemans into remaining silent about smearing Howard. Someone follows them as they leave the Kettlemans' place of business. Uh, what did you think of episode two? Uh, it's excellent. Yeah, this was. I mean, classic. The you see that damn Statue of Liberty <laughs> inflatable. It's oh just my like, god! Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh. Did you forget who the Kettlemans were? Because I, as we're watching, I was like, I know, I remember them. And like, as it went on, I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember them. At first, a, I mean, they're like the first season. They're like his first yes. case that he tried to get. Yes. At first, I didn't quite recognize her. But then the, then yeah, Craig okay, showed up and I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, the innocent couple that mm. thinks they're owed every little thing in the world. Yes. Oh, Our man. children have to go to public schools now. We lost everything. Uh, oh, and man. and the relationship is that Craig just does everything his wife says, like she's terrifying. And oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, okay, uh, at all times. 
So. And he loves Jimmy. That's the thing is like he when he loves sees him. him he, he's in the middle of a consultation and gets up and is like, oh, Jimmy, like, <laughs> like they're old buddies. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even after he stole, he, he stole some of the money from them, right? Because, you know, they were swindling and then they cheated him out of whatever, but he stole some of their cash that they had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like two hundred fifty thousand, I believe, something right? like that. Yeah, um, that they were stealing from the city. Yeah, right? I, I don't remember exactly, city. but yeah, um, um the, uh, uh, the I I don't know the I don't even know where to begin with this episode either. Uh, well, you know, well, let's start with let's start with the first the part we left out with Lalo playing the double. Mm-hmm. Cause that was a great scene. Uh, I kind of figured like once the guy came with the beard, I was like, and he's like, Oh, keep the soul. Like, Oh, he's yeah. 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 He's, he's done for. <laughs> um, and then it's just like, how is he going to kill him? And then it's just, they show him just take the scissors apart. And yep. it's just, he's just so matter of fact about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wasn't so, the first episode and we missed it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, it's interesting with Lalo, right? Because mm-hmm. he's very good at, thinking on his feet the yes. same thing as uh jimmy like he's kind of mm-hmm. like this inverse of serial killer version of him right like yeah he's smart he's cunning uh charismatic charming yeah yeah all those same things but like he just there's a finality to it whereas jimmy is just he is like this fish that you caught right and you just yeah. can't quite get a grip on him like mm-hmm. he's just so slippery yeah and well, i like and their it, contrast of styles because yeah. essentially they do the same thing but like it's such a different way of doing things whereas yeah. like one is is funny and oh it's harmless but then one's like oh this maniacal terrifying thing where it's like well the same result you know like mm-hmm. they're both destroy people's lives yes um so just one is way less funny uh <laughs> yeah this one is very much so less funny uh, <laughs> hey it gave all those people back their money that were gonna very clearly get killed by those coyotes the moment they get the border Mm-hmm. almost certainly so. uh the stuff with uh all the stuff with nacho in this episode like the escape all that oh. stuff such great tension and like that's the thing like vince gilligan does good action like the action scenes are always good but really what he's good at is creating the the tension and the the stakes and like you just you just feel all of that stuff and he is so good at that and uh like i expected nacho to escape but boy it feels like he's barely escaping any of these things um that was that was good stuff um really for me the uh, the crux of this was, I mean, I enjoyed that stuff, but for me, everything was the stuff with the Kettlemans leading up yep. to the ending, which surpassed even the stuff from before it. But earlier, it was Jimmy's plan the whole time to give them the information to make it seem as convincing as possible. Again, the the best thing about these plans that they do they're so involved it like the layer of involvement in these plans are like they're very deeply laid plans 
but and they could be they would be so much sloppier yeah and a worse writing staff's hands Mm -hmm. yeah it's handled very deftly and also even though they feel almost cartoonishly complicated there's some sort of air that it feels like this could actually work and in in this case jimmy's plan the whole time is he knows these people hate him or at least the wife hates him and that there's no way he's going to get them to actually hire him. But his plan is to make it seem like that's what he wants. He has information to give them, but he's not going to just give it away. They have to hire him. They don't want to do it. He's going to walk away. Then they change their minds and they sign his, uh, whatever those are, his NDAs or whatever they are. Yeah, I guess. Not really, but... And, um, you know, just uh, letters of intent or something, and he tells them the information, and the wife feels like she's got one up on him, and he's like, we don't have to, you know, we can't be forced to hire you or do business with you. You're fired, and we're going to go find our own lawyer, and he and throws... And, of course, a- his name drop of Cliff Main and Sam Cliff Main drops the name, of course. <laughs> And then he acts all mad about it. And when they walk away, he, of course, smiles. So he, Guess who gets a cut when they, whatever my name comes I'm going to get a cut. Head. Yep. Everything. And uh, uh, it was which is, perfect. Which is a setup for whenever they do talk to Cliff. And she's yep. like, and he's, well, you know, I heard. Uh, I heard yes. I. He doesn't want to give Jimmy yeah. credit. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Cliff practically laughs them out of the office because like you've got you've got no real case here but jimmy knows that cliff knows that he saw that cocaine in quotes uh fall out there's no way you could take this case from these two whack jobs no but But, it does add fuel to the fire all yeah all of this all of it was to get cliff (laughs) to uh question or start questioning Howard, and this is a step towards ruining him. And now the Kettlemans are mad and they want to stick it to Jimmy. And he brings Kim with, and he's, she's so amazing. This scene is incredible. Just oh, yeah. unbelievable. She is, she just goes and sits, or she looks at like their certificates or whatever looks at their license numbers license numbers sits down on the couch while jimmy is like you know what do you guys what do you guys want do you want do you want money do you want do you want me to pay you guys and you know just trying to be as slimy or whatever as possible she's like no i want what you promised yeah yeah yeah. and as four other lawyers told you right and (laughs) uh it's that uh it's that moment where uh, it's that episode of the Simpsons where all those, the mobsters are fighting the ninjas and uh, oh, yeah. Homer's like that one guy's going to do something really cool. Uh, like Kim was just sitting there like not moving, no emotion. And I'm like, Holy shit is Kim the bad cop in this situation? And yes, she was, she was just like, okay, hold on. No more carrots. Like we're, we're, we're done using the carrot time to use the fucking stick. Yep. And she just picks up the phone and calls the local IRS office, which I wouldn't have been surprised if this was something they set up with actors or like people that they knew pretending or whatever. But I guess it was probably 
uh, actual people that she knew in the IRS office there in Albuquerque yeah. or whatever. But she's just like, I've got these uh, got these guys. Looks like uh, tax fraud. Uh, they're they're defrauding uh, people. They're giving them less money in their returns that they're supposed to be getting. Uh, probably hundreds of cases or whatever. Like you know who's a. Uh, who do you got running these cases? And the guy's like, oh, is this guy is like a real bulldog. Like he's, he goes after him. He's like, I'll, I'll transfer you over there or whatever. And she's like, okay, thanks a bunch. And basically has them groveling or has her like Craig's always groveling, but um, his wife, like just begging, like, what do we have to do? We'll do anything. And of course, because it's Kim and she's not like horrible, horrible. She's like, you're going to make sure you're going to say whatever you need to say to those people that you defrauded and you're going to give them the money that you owe them. And you're not going to say a damn word about Howard to anybody because the person that needs to know is the person who already knows and nobody else needs to say anything else about this. And, uh, just holy shit. I mean, obviously we get the mystery at the end who's following them or whatever, but, uh, wow. Holy shit. Uh, that was unbelievable. I, I don't even know what else to say. That was an all-time great uh, Better Call Saul scene in a in a show full of all-time great scenes. So. Yeah, I mean, the sh- like you said, uh, him breaking out, getting into the the room. I mean, just the whole setup of him just constantly looking at that hole, and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's paranoid. Mary's paranoid, and then that just was so good. The one thing of him just barely opening a door and just catching so that a little bit of movement, room. and he's like, shit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's perfect stuff. I mean, such, I mean, and again, everything we said about the cinematography and the placement of the camera and the lighting, everything. Uh, And this is something we said again before. I'm going to reiterate it here and it probably won't be the last time you hear it on this podcast. You're going to hear, you're going to hear it at least 10 more episodes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Just, and everything feels so, uh, none of it feels like it doesn't feel like there's a sheen to anything. Everything feels like it's really happening right there in that place. It the way that they, the way that they shoot and use natural lighting, all this stuff. It almost borders on documentary if it wasn't for like the craziness. Yeah. Um, it's such just it's amazing. I. I'm going to get tired of saying it, or maybe I won't. I guess it just depends, but I feel like every time I've seen something in this show where I'm like, that is um, amazing. What a, what a brilliant, what a brilliant shot or what a gorgeous scene or whatever. I feel like I say that every time we do an episode of this podcast and I feel like I'm going to get tired of it eventually. And then I'll watch the next episode and there's something just as good that, catches me the the right way um also for the record i uh we're officially those vince gilligan fans where when i'm looking at the uh the episode list for this show uh there aren't any titles past episode four but um they do have directors listed directors and writers listed for every episode and i in fact got a little excited when i saw that the second to last episode is written and directed by vince gilligan as oh, it always no. is and should be. Uh, he never does the final episode. He always does the second to last, which is always somehow, for some reason, bigger and more important than the final episode. So in Breaking Bad, that was uh, that was Gray State, right? I think so. 
Because yeah. that's the one where it ends with the Breaking Bad music and him leaving the mountain town. Yes, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. Um, or this, Gray Matter. I think I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was called Gray State. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. Granite I remember State. Gray. Granite State. Cause granite. Where, yeah, because of where he went. It's yeah. the Granite State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some of the uh, some of the actors are getting directing uh, uh, bits this season. Uh, Rhea Seahorn is directing episode. Four. Oh, she didn't she do an episode before? I think she may have. Uh, and also, Giancarlo Esposito is doing an episode. He's doing episode. Oh, that's six. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This show is it's amazing, and like it's like a it's like a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I know you don't like a lot of horror movies, no. and we generally don't like them for the same reason, which is people are being dumb, making dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, and when it is a really good horror movie, it's usually like they are making the decisions that you think you would make. And that's where the tension comes in. And that's yes. like the thing with, with this show is like, no one's really particularly making any dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. It's just people trying to outfox one another. Right. And again, it's their styles of how they do it. Right. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have Lalo's style, you have Jimmy's style, you have Kim's style. I mean, you have Gus's style. My Like it's all these people's different styles of how to, overcome one another or their obstacles but to how to gain an edge and whoever edge that is against or however that comes to be like it's you're just seeing these conflicting styles of like how how that conflict can be resolved and that's i mean that's what makes the show so great i mean i I would love to see like a behind i mean i'm sure it'd be super boring but like you could edit it and chop it to make it look good but just Mm -hmm. some kind of thing in that the writer's room of how they're coming up with some of this stuff because right i mean i you know and that's what one thing too, like about Vince Gilligan is he he's very much so a collaborative person. It's not just like his way or the highway. It's it's all on the you know the what is the best vision for the story, and he'll mm-hmm. always give his staff credit, which is another thing I appreciate about him. Part of um, me feels like it would product. be. Part of me is imagining that it is almost shockingly mundane. Like if you ever watch the uh, the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, yeah, uh, where they just you know, got some coffee, grabbed some breakfast, uh, came in and they sat down and started messing around for about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden there's the, let it be or whatever. Like it just poofed out of nowhere. And, uh, I feel like I I have this picture in my mind that the writing team, like just breaks a story like carrot and stick like this. And, uh, they're just t- bouncing some ideas around, and the next thing you know, it's like oh, they just came up with a a brilliant idea and some genius dialogue or something. And uh, these guys are so good at what they do. I imagine it is difficult work, but they make it look easy because uh, they just churn out. They're, I mean, they're almost like hit makers to me in that regard. They just are churning out great episode after great episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, and again, like the episodes, like the, like you said, like the directing each has their own style, but yeah. it feels a better call Saul style. And that's yes. what I mean is like, it doesn't matter who steps in to what there, there is this cohesion Yep. of everyone is on the same page. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what I mean. It's like, just want a peak of the writers or like I said, like you said, mm-hmm. it's probably boring, but just, you know, like the story of the machine gun that he gave Walter was like, I gave him this machine gun and I just had to figure out how I was going to pay it off. Right. 
it took six episodes to do it but hey you know they, they figured out they were going right. to use it right and right. that's like you know that seems very much so their writing style is if they're going to work towards something they really mm-hmm. focus on the details to get there and they may Absolutely. if they need to change it along the way they change it along the way yeah uh but yeah just just such a yeah such a good show and just you know again not just something that seems like it's run by there's like this bible that you have to follow it's yeah. you know we can add you know things to it if we need to mm-hmm. if it's a good like a good idea just seems to be the thing that wins out yeah it's just very show. carefully done yeah i yeah it's a great show okay so what would you give episode two uh, five. Yeah. Yep. Gave it a five. <laughs> yeah. uh, as soon as that episode was done, I'm like, "That's a five. Uh, yeah, that was so good. Oh gosh. That didn't Who take do you think's long. In the car. Oh, I have. I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure because uh, it feels like they've dri- they sort of drifted into the Salamanca stuff for like a minute, right? And they they did have the scene right with the DA or whatever, or the detective about the de Guzman guy, like when they figured out Jimmy's ruse that it was like a fake family and all this other stuff. Maybe it's tied into that, but I don't know. I'm actually not entirely certain. Well, cause like the thing in breaking bad to under try. And again, I, I don't, I trust them to not really have continuity errors. Cause they're yeah. just, they've been so good about y- stuff. Yep. Um, that like, cause like in the, in breaking bad, it's, they don't necessarily think, Saul is dirty. They just—he's just a sleazeball lawyer that knows mm-hmm. how to use the law to his advantage, right? I mean, that's right. kind of like it's—it's—they roll their eyes when he walks in because they're like, "Oh my gosh, we got to go through this whole fucking dog and pony show for some mm-hmm. little law thing, right?" Yep. So it's like I don't—I want to say yeah, the detectives could be following him, but I—I I don't. It'd be weird if it was Lalo, just because I feel like he's still in Mexico. Because I feel right. like he personally wants to be the one that kills Nacho or talks to him. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I, I guess it could be because he could think of Jimmy as the angle to get to him. Uh, however, that might be, you know. Right. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm well, trying to think of like who in Breaking Bad it could be because it's oh, like there's right. nothing, no one that comes to mind that would bridge that gap to me. No, nothing specifically jumps out. Um, I'm sure it'll be good. Cause... And he's got hair, so it eliminates Hank and uh, <laughs> yes. Walter. So Yes. <laughs> and we all know how Walter finds out about him. It's the urinal cake, right? That... Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, that, is, <laughs> that is the podcast for this week, but we are going to be back. It won't be another two years, so that's good. Uh, in the meantime, though, you can uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show, maybe get caught up on uh, the past seasons of Saul. And, uh, of course, as a listener-supported podcast, and there are a couple of different ways you can do that if you so choose. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly, the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for both will be in the show notes for this episode. Uh, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for Better Talk Saul. Hit subscribe, and that way you can join us next week for more Better Call Saul Season 6, Episode 3, called Rock and Hard Place. Hard Place.